just feel like it should be louder. I don't know. It sounds okay to me. Okay. Okay, I got the two things in my ear. Yeah. But you're an 82-year-old techie. So I don't know how to do all these things. But anyway, (laughs) your grandma hates it when I say 82-year-old techie. (laughs) I mean, you know, I wish that I could have my grandchild right next to me all the time because I I put my phone on and uh, it has 50 uh, things and I know how to do three. Text, you'll learn. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, about when I grew up, it was, uh, <clears throat> I, I grew up on a block, 138th Street in New York City. And, you know, like, life is different now than it was then, because at that time, you know, everybody that lived in the apartment house, it was like uh, being brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. When you, when when I went out to play on the stoop, there were all kinds of games going on. There was stoop ball, there was punch ball, there was stoop ball, and uh, there were these games that the girls played. And one of them was uh, a. My name is Alice, and my husband's name is Al. We come from Alabama, and we sell apples. You know, you bounce uh-huh. the ball. You bounce the ball. And they don't play that anymore. No. I don't think. No. No. Uh, B, my name is Bertie, and my husband's name is Bert. <laughs> we come from Balachi, and we sell banana. <laughs> and all those crazy games were going on on the block. And uh, people didn't want to go home to eat. You know, they would do let's to stay out. We used to we used to play this game called stickball and it was played with a broomstick. And uh, the pink the ball bean ball, they bounced it and you hit it and it was like baseball on the block. Mm-hmm. All the people that lived upstairs and you know, like on the third, fourth, fifth floor on Saturday, they used to look out their windows and from their windows they had these awnings. And you could be under the awning and watch the stickball games that were going on on the block. And there was a man that, his name was Mr. Quigley, and he lived up on the fifth floor. And uh, he used to look down on the games, and whenever there was a big argument about who was safe or who was out on a, on a close play, when the argument was getting very heated, everybody would look up to Mr. Quigley and he would go out or he would say safe, you know, he would be the final arbiter. Uh-huh. He was he was like the block umpire, Mr. Quigley. But yeah. uh, it was it was great. It was great. He he was sort of like God, you know. <laughs> when when everything was going crazy on the stickball game, everybody would just look up and Mr. Uh-huh. Quigley He's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the kids don't really like play outside yeah i know now it's all too organized it's uh you have to go to the playground and play or uh you know you belong to uh something 
you know, like the basketball team or something like that. Yeah. Do you remember, like, the last time you played outside? The last time I played outside was, uh, you know, when I was, I mean, when I was in high school. Sometimes I would come home from uh, playing basketball in high school and the guys would be on the block playing uh, Chinese handball. Mm -hmm. Chinese handball. You just bounce the ball against the wall and uh, there were guys lined up and uh, you bounced it and it was uh, points and one. It was, uh, life was very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you make up like, because I know you, you make up games for everything. Like you do at the track kids and you yeah. made them at camp. Like, was there a game that you made up when you were like five that you kept, you keep using or are they all like different crazy games? Well, no, it was, you, you made up games all the time. Uh, you know, sometimes when, when you didn't have a softball to hit the ball, uh, people would get a bunch of rags and uh, put them all together and tape them all up and they would play with that uh, raggy ball. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, there were these games that people invented, like uh, pitching pennies. You would see all the pennies that you had in your pocket, and then you would stand on the curb because there were no cars on the block. You would stand on the curb and you would throw the penny to see who could get it closest to the wall. <laughs> and, and let's say there were three or four guys playing. Whoever got the penny closest to the wall... He won the five the five pennies and he took them all. Mm -hmm. It was called pitching pennies. It was a great game. I loved it. I'm sure you did. Because <laughs> you know, I still have friends that talk about um, when I had that pool party and we played that game where you had us a we had a big beach ball and we jumped into the pool and tried to hold the ball without falling right. off. Yeah. My friends still talk about that game. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was always games that, that people invented that were terrific. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, up at camp, you know, there was this thing called Eskimos, people who like to go jumping in the lake early in the morning before, before everybody woke up. And it was called Eskimos. And uh, we even had a song. And uh, the song went like this. We are the Eskimos. We swim in sun and snows. In Re at Reveille, we wake and swim in Forest Lake. And when our friends are near, we get the Eskimo cheer. Never shiver do I. I'd rather dive. And then everybody dies. Mm -hmm. That's good, son. <laughs> so, uh, last week I told my friend that when we were not going to play tennis, that I was going to go swimming. And it was 7.30 in the morning. And she said, I bet you you were one of those Eskimos in camp. And I said, exactly, <laughs> I would. <laughs> is the pool fully open? Like, can you go yeah, swim Yeah, the now? pool is fully open, but they have crazy hours. They, they, they open at, like, let's say 6.30 in the morning, and then they close at 11. And then they open up again at uh, 1 o'clock, and they stay open till 5.00. Oh, yeah. So, 
it gives the kids a life called you a break. Yeah. Yeah. But the pool is reopened, so uh, I used to be able to do 40 laps, but that was two years ago. So now I'm I'm coming little by little. I'm up to 16 laps. Oh, that's good. So, you know, today I did my 16 laps, and uh, the next time I go, maybe I'll do 18. Yeah. Then 20, then so on, you know? Yeah. Were okay, you, okay. were you like on a swim team growing up or did you learn how to swim like in a pool at the beach in a lake? I, I learned how to swim at this pool on 134th street. It was called Cascade Pool. It was uh, just uh, off Riverside Drive. And uh, the kids from the block went there and it was not too expensive. And uh, we could, you could spend a dime to get in, and you could stay there all afternoon. Oh. So I, I learned how to swim there. And then I, uh, I got to be a good swimmer, and uh, I was swimming, you know, uh, pretty much every summer I would go. And I had a friend who was a member of the uh, New York AC. And so I swam with him a couple of summers with the uh, New York AC swimming team. Yeah. And then you swam in the Hudson River for fun? <laughs> or <laughs> Yeah. You yeah. used to swim in the Hudson where all the people on the block, all the older men, used to go down and fish at the Hudson. And uh, there was a dock down there on 138th Street. And um, when the guys were fishing, at the southern end of the uh, dock, the boys would be swimming at the northern end. And the last time I swam in the Hudson was a couple of years ago when they were having a, a fundraiser for cancer. And uh, the swim was from uh, Dobbs Ferry across the Hudson to uh, someplace in Nyack and back when they was raising money for cancer. But I didn't do that because they had a, uh, they had a uh, trial to, to see who could uh, swim in the Hudson. So I went to the trial and I swam about, uh, you know, maybe about a half mile and then it came back. And they said, okay, see you next week. And then the next week there was something, you know, was a track meet or something. And I couldn't uh, swim across the Hudson. But that was, uh, I'd say maybe that was about maybe 10 years ago. Oh, I thought it was like four years ago. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I think it was slightly after I retired from teaching, which was 2012. So maybe in 2016 or 2018, that's when they had the, uh, the fundraiser for cancer. And I never heard of it again. I think they tried it once and then, you know, they never, they never did it again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But the time, the time before that, that I went swimming was in uh, 1962, 1962 or 1963. It was on my way just before I left to go to Spain. We had a Bon Voyage party underneath the George Washington Bridge. And uh, a bunch of guys all went swimming in the Hudson. 
<laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Water was probably so gross. And, and you see, I mean, they can say anything you want about the Hudson, but I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it has all kinds of stuff in it and things, but the guy's still alive. I remember one time in Ireland, when I went to Ireland, there was a, a beach near a place called Clockerheads near Dublin. And I was driving by and I saw that the beach was empty. And I said, wow, this is incredible. And so I went and I took a little swim at the beach. And when I got to the house of the people in Dublin, I said, hey, I had a nice swim at Clockerheads. And how come it was so empty? And they all started laughing because there was a there was an atomic energy plant a mile away. And that's why that's why nobody swims at that at that beach. It closed it up. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I'm I'm all uh, I'm all uh, radiated and I'm still alive. What was your what was the what was it like the first time you got on a airplane? Like where did you go? Like my first airplane? Yeah. That was in Mexico. Yeah. And it was uh it was uh, a trip back from Mexico because I went to Mexico by car or by bus. But on the way back, I had to get to school in September. So I took the plane. And uh, it was a great, great, great experience. The only problem was that I didn't have too much money. And there was a plane stop in New Orleans. And uh, so... I was very thirsty and I went to the, uh, it was a bar, like, it was a kind of like a bar diner. And I said, could I have a glass of lemonade? Because all I had was like maybe a dollar or two. And so that's what I got. I got a glass of lemonade. So I drank the lemonade and then I went back to the bar and I said, could you give me some water in the same glass? And the guy looked at me and I said, he said, in other words, you want another lemonade? And I said, no, I don't have the money for it. Just put the water in the glass that has the ice and the lemons from the <laughs> lemonade, you know? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I was crazy and he said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the New Orleans stopover yeah. on my way back from Progreso in Mexico. And then from there, I came to New York and my parents came to get me at the, at the airport. Was the airport like how different is the airport and traveling then than it what than it is now? Well, it was pretty much the same, except that uh, Kennedy Airport at that time was called Idlewild, and because Idlewild was the place in Long Island where it was, mm-hmm. and that's where I landed in Idlewild, and my parents had, had come to get me. Yeah. Yeah. But did, like, like you had to go to the ticket counter, right, and buy a ticket, and well, they 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 did that for me. I was at that time I was fifteen years old, and they they did it all for me, you know. Yeah. So I just had my ticket. I got on the plane, and then uh, there was a stop in New Orleans, and I waited there for an hour, and then I got back on the plane and came to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you were, when you started teaching, there weren't like computers in the classroom or like smart oh, boards, no. right? No, everything was a chalkboard 
and uh, the regular class with uh, pens and pencils. That was it. No computers at all. And do you remember that, like what it was like when they started getting computers and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. The first thing that they got at Xavier was a, a language lab. And I loved the language lab because uh, the kids could go there and uh, they could read in, in Spanish and then they could record themselves and the teacher could ask questions and uh, everybody could listen or one person could listen. I, I thought the thing was great. And uh, the problem was that a lot of the teachers didn't understand how to work all the machines. So after a while, they just started using the language lab for quizzes because they had the little separate cubicles. Mm -hmm. And when we got, we got evaluated by the Middle States uh, Educational Committee that evaluates high schools, and they told the uh, principal, you got to get rid of the lab. And he said, why? And he said, because there's only one teacher who uses it for the real purpose. Everybody else just uses it to go and have uh, quizzes. And uh, so they closed the lab. But when they closed the lab, I took all the machines and brought them to my classroom. So I had my own language lab in my classroom. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, after that, they started introducing uh, computers. And uh, at first it was just for the faculty. And then after a while, it became faculty and students. But for the most part, all the time that I was teaching, the uh, computers were basically for faculty and for educational uh, purposes, but not, you know, in conjunction with students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like now, Robert and Georgia, when they go to school um, at the beginning of the year, they get a laptop. Yeah. So the school gives them one. So now yeah, they that, have them to do all their work. That, that was happening at the end of my teaching career. When I was at uh, uh, Pelham, they asked me to teach at Pelham High School because there was a teacher who got sick in March and she was going to be out until June. And she was the AP Spanish teacher and she was the uh, teacher of college Spanish. So they needed somebody who knew what they were doing. So even though I had retired, I went back there. Then when I went there, oh, it was great. The kids, uh, the kids and I all worked with uh, computers and, uh, you know, like, uh, remember that commercial that I made? Yeah. About, uh, well, I they, somebody had seen it and they said, could you please play it for the classes? And I said, uh, okay, but how do you do that? And the kids just said, oh, no problem. You just go to your computer that you have on your desk. You put the disc in and you switch it up to the, uh, to the, uh, the screen. And that was it, you know? They, they did it all for me. At that time, yeah. you know, I was, I was uh, a beginning techie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, education was very different than after that. And do you remember, like, when you got your first, um, like, like landline phone, and then when you got like a cell phone? Like, because I know my mom didn't get a cell phone until she was like a grown up. Yeah, yeah. I the first thing I got was 
these things that they used to call pagers. Uh huh. Remember a pager? Yeah. Uh, you you would get paged that you had a phone call, and uh, for the first pager, you couldn't even talk on it. But then, but then after that, they they invented the pager plus the flip flip phone that that opened and closed. You know, one of the flip phones. Yeah. The flip phone was before the iPhone, and uh, it was pretty good. I liked the flip phone. But then uh, I, they, I saw the iPhone and I learned how to do that. But by that time, I was already stopped teaching. That was that was after 2012. Yeah. Well, before 2012, I had a flip phone, and uh, that's that was my computer life. Mm-hmm. Was that hard to adapt to, like using computers in school and having a phone all the time? Because I know you always left your phone in the trunk and then didn't matter if we called you because your phone was in the trunk. So yeah, well now, well now, even with the phone in the trunk, I still get the, the Bluetooth on the car. Yeah. You know, like, like today on the way home from the, uh, from the swimming pool, I got a call and I had the, uh, I had the phone in, in the swimming bag, right. in the trunk. But I got the call from the guy, and we were talking all the way when I was coming home, all about uh, who's going to play tennis tomorrow and different things that happen. Yeah. So that that's great. Whoever invented Bluetooth, he's great. <laughs> but was it like when you when you got a computer at at Xavier, like did you have to? Did it change the way that you planned classes or? Were you well, make it easier? At, at Xavier, you know, uh, the only computers that they had were computers that were in the teacher's room. And then they started letting teachers have them in the classroom. But the kids couldn't uh, have their computers. You know, the kids, if, if a kid brought a computer or, a, you know, some kind of a flip phone into the class, uh, the teacher confiscated it and brought it to the principal's office and the kid had to pick it up from the principal's office. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they, they weren't supposed to be in the classroom. Yeah. But now, now, now it's, uh, you know, laptop city. Right, right. Everything is right there on the computer. Incredible. I, I had to get into that habit. Because a lot of times I would just leave the thing at home. But now... I can't go any place without it. Yeah. If I step out the door and I'm going to my car and I don't have my phone with me, I feel immediately where my pocket is and I go right back to the house because mm-hmm. I got to have it with me now all the time. Yeah. But that's how it was when it first started. A lot of times I would show up and I would have no computer. Yeah. No cell phone or anything. That's crazy. But now he's part of life. Yeah. Does that is that sad to you or I think that's uh, sad. No, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. You know? Yeah. But but I still don't know a lot of things, you know. Like right now when when I coach I I I uh, I video the guys all the time so that they can see what they look like and I send them the videos at home. 
Mm-hmm. But when I first started doing that, I would just hand the iPhone to the kids and they knew exactly what to do. They would film each other and they, they still do now. I give them the, the, the cell phone, they film each other, and then we have a team chat. So I, I know when I hit the team chat, I send everything to them at the end of the workout. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that they taught me how to do by, you know, by just doing it. Yeah. How... And so I'm still in the process of learning things, but it is a very great educational tool. How has it like, how, how has technology like helped, um, like track practice and all that stuff? Like, and like your meets, right? It's easier for them to start and stop things, right? Or I don't know. Yeah. You you mean the the use the use of the thing? Yeah. Well, like right now, everything is like digitized, right? So you can see everybody's scores like right away and their times right away. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like there are tools now, you know, where you can like electronically test your your jump and your abilities, yeah. right? Do you use lot, anything like that when you're... A lot of those things are fantastic, and I still don't know how to do all of them. Yeah. You know? Like, when I time... When I when I film a kid, uh, like he's going to run one complete flight of five hurdles, I film that there's an app where if you put the film on the app... They will tell you the time that you hit. You know, without without a stopwatch, you can tell the time that the, the race took place without even touching anything because the app will tell you that. Yeah. Now, kid knows how to do it. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just send the kid the video and then he knows the time that he hit. Yeah. He knows more about his own race than I do. And I'm the coach. <laughs> But that's the that's the miracle of uh, the iPhone and all that incredible stuff. Yeah, and was yeah. it when you went to um, like Portugal and Spain with Aunt Rose? Was it nice having your phone so you could take pictures and videos of everything? Like, absolutely, absolutely. I I don't know. I I, I think I must have had a thousand pictures, a thousand. Uh, videos and photos that I took when uh, Rose and I went to uh, Spain, uh, Spain and Portugal and France last year. And I still have them because I don't know how to transfer them onto my computer. <laughs> so I still have them on my on my iPhone because I keep buying more and more storage. Oh, <laughs> that's not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have like uh, 48,000 gigabytes of storage. <laughs> <laughs> so one of these days I'll be able to uh, transfer it to the computer and put it into different albums. Yeah. But now it, it, the, the, it was an invaluable uh, uh, photo uh, element when we went to uh, Spain, Portugal, and France last year. It was terrific. Yeah. My mom, my mom likes to just, um, like she'll take a bunch of pictures from like an event or something 
and then she'll send them to Walgreens and just get them all printed out. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that she just yeah. has them there. Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. the next time you come, you have to help me transfer the 3,000 pictures from my iPhone onto my computer. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That, time that's that. a deal. Sure. I have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the time you learn how to do it, I might miss yeah. my flight home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I should be able to follow the instructions, but every time I, I'm trying to follow the instructions, there's always some kind of a, gl- a glitch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I stop and I say, ah. Meanwhile, I have it all on the phone. So sometimes when I want to see a picture that I know I have on there, I have to be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling until I come to it. Well, so now they have a search feature. Yeah, I know. A search app. No, so you, you open your photo app and there's a button on the bottom where you can search. Like you can type in beach and it'll show pull up every picture of a beach that you have on your phone. Right, and and you, you type in the subject of the picture? Yeah, or you can type in like March 2019 and it'll show every picture from right. March 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good, good. Good. Uh, or you I'm could glad. even just search like... about that, you see, because now, you see, that's the great thing about being an 82-year-old <laughs> The granddaughter tells you how. <laughs> Yeah, or you could even like there's a map on on the photos app, and you can just find the pictures like on the map, you know. Right. Like if you know you took a picture at the armory, you just zoom into the where the armory is, and it'll show you right. all those pictures. Oh man, that is great. That, that that's called photo app. Yeah, in your photos app, it looks like a flower, kinda. Okay. All right. You already I'll, I'll... have it. You already have it yeah. on your phone. I think I have it, yeah. I just have to study it and see how, I, how, how to work it. Yeah. And now, if you delete pictures, you can get them back. Yeah, I noticed that because I, I deleted something and uh, it was a mistake. But then there was a, a section there for deleted pics, deleted pictures. Yeah. And I, and I looked and I searched for it and I got it. Yeah, and you just have to make sure you hit recover so that it goes back to your camera roll. Right, yeah, put it back on. Right, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Great. Well, hey, thank you very much, folks. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I was with... When you had camp, it was like yeah. you you were the owners of the camp? Well, we, we were the, I was the general manager, and uh, your grandma was the nurse. The oh. owner of the camp was Our Lady of Lords Parish, and uh, there was a uh, director named Father Rubel, and he hired me to be the general manager. Mm-hmm. So I hired all the counselors for both camps, and I got all the food and got everything that was needed and so on. Every year for, I think we did it for 12 years. Is that something you wish you kept doing? Like, would you still uh, do that now? Yeah. I love doing it because when I grew up, I used to go to uh, 
camps, uh, there were there were two week camps. Not I never went to a camp for six weeks or for uh, you know for eight weeks or ten weeks. I never did that. I only went to two two week camps when I was growing up, and uh, I I thought they were great. I loved camp. Yeah, and now my mom, well, she doesn't really do it anymore, but she used to do with the Girl Scouts. She would do like uh, weekend trips. And I remember like one time Robert had to go with them to like help clean up or, you know, nobody was available to pick him up. And he he went out in the canoe and he had a great time up there. Yeah, yeah. He probably would have loved camp. Yeah. And Georgia, yeah. Georgia this year gets to be um, a counselor in training, so she's super excited to go yeah. this year. She loves camp, I know that. Yeah, she loves camp. I do yeah. not. I don't like the outside. It's... Me neither. Fred, <laughs> <laughs> on a day outside with his bugs and crawly animals. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. She doesn't, she doesn't go for it, but... She did it. I'll go with you and stay in a motel while you're at the center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was she was the nurse, so okay. there was a our a, our house was the infirmary. I went on the camping trip on the outdoor trip, so <laughs> no, no thanks. And was it like cabins or was it like tents? Uh, one camp Camp Fordham was cabins, but. Uh, Camp uh, Arcadia, Camp Arcadia, and Our Lady of Lords. They were uh, tents. There were six. There were there were a platform tents. There were six kids in each tent. Yeah. Six I think it was three three beds on each side. Four. Oh yeah, the three was Camp Denian that I went to. Uh, but these were uh, platform tents with uh, four kids in each tent. They loved it so much. Your mom and. Aunt Rose especially, they were nuts about it. Yeah, they cried when they had them. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, and I loved it too. It was great. Yeah. He, he loved it because he could do everything silly that he wanted. Well, there were always uh, uh, night activities for everybody, and you had to sometimes invent games. Mm-hmm. So we we invented some really silly games that everybody loved. <laughs> what was like? What's like? If you had to pick one thing that happened at camp that was like your favorite thing, what would it be? Well, let me see. I, there, were, there were a lot of great things that happened, you know. Uh, we, we, we invented games like uh, uh, roll the basketball under the leg of uh, 25 people and pass it back over the head to the people in the front. And the one that got the basketball back, first one, and you know, silly, silly stuff, you know? Yeah. It was just uh, just a lot of fun. I can't, I can't think of one particular thing right now, but uh, it was, there were great things. Uh, there was a thing called Color War, where you divided the whole camp up into two teams, and you had all kinds of different games of the games that you played during the summer. And uh, each each uh, team would compete against the other. And, uh, you know, it was it was great. There was sailing, there was swimming, there was uh, a tennis ball hitting, there was everything. It was, it was great. Uh, and it would always happen at the end of camp, color war. And the winner, 
the winner got a huge banquet, and uh, the loser, the loser ate hot dogs. Remember, my dear, the the loser of color war, while everybody else is having, yeah, while everybody else, what they call the banquet, yeah, while everyone else, the winners were having a banquet, the losers were eating what? I don't hash. Oh, yeah, that's right. Corned beef hash. <laughs> <laughs> One time, uh, what was it? With the two? It was called the war, right? Yeah. The two captains. Robert were... Yeah. Rose and Barbara, opposite team captains. Uh, Barbara was on the red team, and uh, Rose on the orange. orange. Yeah. And at the end, they had put on a skit of some kind. Right. Yeah, they had to be on a skit. They <laughs> liked it. The skits were great. But I have a joke before we go. Are you ready? Uh, cool. Okay. If 20 monkeys run after one banana, what time is it? Wait, what is it? If 20 monkeys run after one banana, what time is it? It is monkey time. 20 after one. 20 after one. Uh, uh. Uh, all right you got me (laughs) okay all right well i'll talk to you later (laughs) okay okay bye sometimes you have to do the tough things for, for the good for the good final result